I'm Dave Breckenridge, and you're listening to 10-3. The suspension of a BC University professor is being investigated over concern his employer violated his academic freedom. Derek Pine was suspended without pay over research into the practice of his colleagues publishing in so-called predatory academic journals, and now the Canadian Association of University Teachers is looking into how Thompson Rivers University handled the incident. We look at what this says about academic freedom in Canada and the rise in so-called fraudulent journals. It's Tuesday, November 6th. Before we get to the show, I'm going to ask you to take a second to subscribe. On Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen, hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a review, and be sure to tell all your news-hungry friends about us. And now, on with the show. Douglas Todd is a columnist with the Vancouver Sun. So, Douglas, tell me about Derek Pine and what it was he set out to investigate. Yeah, Derek Pine is a professor of economics at Thompson Rivers University, which is a kind of a medium-sized university in the BC interior in Kamloops. He's a well-respected economist. He's done all sorts of research on mathematics and social work and education studies. A real kind of a big brain. And he, a year or two ago, he started to research um, this concept known as predatory publishing, which is where uh, academics can publish in journals basically by paying for it. And it's become a big problem in the last 10 years in the, as the internet and publishing has become a bigger deal. So <laughs> Derek took a risk, I must say, and decided to investigate how many people in his own department of economics and business at his own university were publishing in these predatory journals, which you could hmm. also call deceptive journals. And uh, so he did all his research, and there was a lot of publishing in deceptive journals by his own colleagues. And he got his paper uh, published in a very reputable journal uh, published by the University of Toronto. It came out about a year ago and uh, slowly started attracting attention around the world. But it wasn't until it was picked up in The Economist, correct? And, and that kind of snowballed from there for it, him. It was, because they have been starting to write uh, articles about predatory journals. And uh, Derek's work, you know, from a fairly <laughs> somewhat remote university, got quite a bit of prominence in this article in The Economist, which is a very respected journal. And I mm -hmm. sort of read The Economist and noticed that he was, our local guy was getting uh, this tension. And, Followed up, and so when I called him in the summer, it was about two weeks after he'd been suspended for his work, and he'd actually been suspended without pay in July. Turns out, by the time my article was published, and I, you know, contacted the administration and stuff, that he was now suspended with pay, but he still is not allowed to go on campus. So what is it the, the university wasn't happy about that he had done? Derek told his dean what he was studying and his, says that his dean wasn't too happy about it and showed kind of no interest in looking at his staff and faculty who were using deceptive journals. And then uh, sort of accusations were flying behind the scenes some ways that, you know, in personnel disputes, it's often hard to get the actual truth of things. But mm -hmm. um, Derek, one thing that I have reported is that Derek was accused by the Human Resources Department of making them, um, you know, uh, 
libelous uh, statements about colleagues. Is there any kind of court action being taken against him right now by the university or, or any of his uh, faculty colleagues? No, and that's a very good point because they say if somebody has been libeled that the only recourse is to go through the courts and they've not done mm -hmm. that. My suspicion, or it looks like they're just trying to drive Derek out and kind of push the issue under the carpet. Now, at the same time, I don't know all the details. The university just keeps saying because of confidentiality, we can't talk about what happened, that sort of stuff. So it's slowly going along below the surface, but it keeps it's slowly starting to escalate too. So we have a professor at Thompson Rivers University. He, he sees kind of a trend happening where academics are publishing in uh, questionable journals, decides to investigate it, do some research on his own, and, and discovers that many of his colleagues have published in uh, these predatory journals and then gets disciplined for it. Wouldn't you think that a public... And as I've said, in some ways, Derek Pine is the most famous professor they have right now. And hmm. he's getting uh, bombarded uh, by his own administration. And, and um, it's questionable whether where the local faculty association is on this. Obviously, there's a public relations concern for Thompson Rivers because it's not great to have it be known that some of your faculty are publishing kind of widely, actually, in these deceptive journals, and some of them are very highly paid. It's, uh, I think, Thompson Rivers administration just wants the issue to go away, and it's not happening, <laughs> partly because I've been looking at it and wanted to monitor what's happening to Derek, who his colleagues, who are not afraid to go on the record, say he's a guy of high integrity. We'll be right back. The National Post launched 20 years ago to be a distinctive and surprising voice in the media landscape. Though much has changed over the past two decades, what hasn't is the core appeal of a paper dedicated to conservative values, interesting voices, unique perspectives, and a sense of fun. Check out what you've been missing. Get 20% off a one-year subscription to the National Post with promo code HAPPY20. That's HAPPY20. And so this blacklist is, is journals that academics aren't allowed to publish in, according to their universities. The, the universities haven't yet embraced them. The blacklists themselves are controversial. Um, they haven't sort of, they're not official, but a couple of, a guy named Jeffrey Beale created one of the blacklists and a, uh, another outfit called Cassell's has created the blacklist. And they're, as I say, they're extremely controversial because some of the people, <laughs> some of the journals on the blacklist say, no, we're legitimate, we're legitimate, this is libelous, this is defamatory, you can't put us on that blacklist. So it's a real war going on out there. And there's a fair amount of money involved. And certainly academics' careers are on the line, including some of them at Thompson Rivers University, who I've never named yet. Uh, mm -hmm. Yet. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. So is the concern that uh, they're preying on academics to who are under pressure to publish and say, well, you can get published in our journal if you pay us a certain amount of money, or is the concern that this is research that isn't being peer-reviewed and it's being published and given stature as published research? What is the concern with these uh, publications? Well, you've got it exactly, and you've got the paradox. There's, there's two concerns at one time. So they're 
uh, they tend to be called predatory journals, which suggest that they're preying on academics, right? The idea is that the academic thinks this is a reasonable journal, and they're sending off their um, paper or article, which could be on medical stuff too, right? It's kind of serious scientific research. They might be assuming that this is a legitimate journal, but for some reason it's asking for 300 bucks or a thousand bucks and they just pay it and then they get to put it that published paper on their resume, which helps mm -hmm. their career. But the predatory part is thinking that the academics don't know what they're getting into. But then the other side is who's, you ask the question, who's taking advantage of who? And there could be academics and probably are who kind of know what they're doing and are using these deceptive journals to um, beef up their resume. Now, how did uh, Derek Pine's case go from his suspension to uh, calls for the BC government to intervene to the Canadian Association of University Teachers investigating Thompson River's handling of this? Yeah, some prominent journal uh, scholars in BC have said that the BC government should get involved in the Ministry of Higher Education. And then uh, the, the minister ended up saying quite quickly that the university is not allowed to get involved in academic matters and it's, it's not going to touch the issue, which was a bit of a surprise to a lot of people. <laughs> that, you know, these are publicly funded institutions, but the government's not going to get involved in possibly fraudulent, bogus academic work. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, there is a lot of power handed to the administrations of public universities and independence in a sense. So anyways, not much has been happening to support Derek or get to the bottom of it. The faculty association at the university, Thompson Rivers, could, others say they could be in a conflict of interest situation because if they defend Derek Pine's work, in effect, they're not uh, protecting the people he's accusing of using deceptive journals. And by the way, in his paper, he never actually names them. Mm -hmm. But um, he shows all the data in regards to them, so everybody can figure out who's who. <laughs> Nothing much has been happening, so the Canadian Association of University Teachers, which represents faculty across the country, has got involved and is um, doing its own investigation, it just announced a couple of days ago, into whether Derek's academic freedom has been breached. In effect, whether he's being silenced because he's doing controversial research. It turns out, Thompson Rivers has said it's not going to cooperate with the CAUT investigation. So if the if the government says that it can't step in and it can't interfere in the operations of academia um, and the university says it's not going to cooperate, how is it possible to get to the bottom of any of these things? It feels like uh, Derek Pine is kind of stuck uh, and his career is in the balance. Like, how are we going to get anywhere on this? One of the reasons that Thompson Rivers University said in a brief statement that it wasn't going to cooperate with the CAUT investigation is they said that the, the Kamloops Faculty Association should be filing a grievance. And it hasn't. So that means there's no kind of open investigation happening. In some ways... The local faculty association up there, I think, has got to step up to the plate and take more responsibility than it has. Yeah. And sorry, how many professors are we talking about that Pine is alleged is published in these uh, yeah, publications? It's, it's roughly a dozen. 
Wow. And yeah. how many professors in the department? Uh, it's a, it depends on how we measure them. So it gets a little complicated, but you could say 24 to 35. So a half to a third are uh, have been using these predatory publications. Um, a couple of them very extensively. A couple of them who have received promotions in the time that Derek has exposed this practice. So it's almost as though there's no incentive for the university to want to get involved out exactly. of concern that it will bring shame upon them for their uh, promotions practices or how they've handled this case. Politically speaking, the, the government has said they can't step in. What is the opposition in British Columbia saying? What are the liberals saying about how the NDP government is handling or not handling this case? That's a good question. The Liberals haven't said a thing. <laughs> and I, I don't expect they will. That's a good point. That's another thing to pursue. Um, you know, these administrators were at uh, TRU were set up during the BC Liberal Watch, so they might not want to embarrass uh, the university or themselves. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's a real quagmire. And Derek's stuck, um, I don't know, in the middle or wherever <laughs> he's stuck. Now, what do you think this says about the notion of academic freedom in Canada, where um, someone's livelihood or academic reputation is potentially at stake because he decided to look into what other academics were doing? Yeah, it doesn't say too much about academic freedom. You know, admittedly, it is a hard position for the university administration to be in, but I mean, if, if academics, especially ones with tenure, which uh, Derek has, aren't allowed to do very controversial research, like who is? Yeah. And you, you said that colleagues of Derek's have spoken about how much integrity he has. What have people said to you about the suspension and the perceived clampdown on his freedom to research? Uh, people are upset and outraged, but not nobody, very few people at TRU are going to talk about it because, you know, that's, it's, that's where their bread is buttered. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it's a fascinating story. Uh, Douglas, really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks a lot. Here's what else is happening. The National Post has revealed that the federal government spent more than $23 million to buy more than 600 new cars for the G7 summit earlier this year and is now struggling to sell them off. The vehicles were bought for use in motorcades and for other administrative purposes. The RCMP says buying them outright was the most affordable way to go and the feds have recouped about a quarter of the money through auction, though some 40 vehicles have yet to receive a bid through the online auction site. And former Governor General Adrian Clarkson's expenses since leaving her post may have been well higher than has been previously reported. According to the Post, Clarkson, whose expenses since the end of her term had been pegged at roughly $1.1 million, actually had expenses that maxed out the annual program limit of $206,000 in some years. There's no allegation Clarkson broke any rules, but Rideau Hall is preparing to undertake a review of the entire expense program. 10-3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Special thanks to our guest, Douglas Todd. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.